I knew we were both in mortal danger. Still, in that instant, I felt well, whole. I could feel my heart racing in my chest, the blood pulsing hot and fast through my veins again. My lungs filled deep with the sweet scent that came off his skin. It was like there had never been any hole in my chest. I was perfect. Not healed, but as if there had never been a wound in the first place. Welcome to Season 2 of What We Do in the Meadow, New Moon. I'm Ryan. And I'm Laura. And we are here again. Back on our bullshit. Back on our bullshit. Back in the meadow. Back with Steph. Back with Bella. And unfortunately, probably back with Edward as well. Mm-hmm. What you just heard there was a little uh, description from the back of this here book. A dramatic reading done by Laura. I mean, who wouldn't listen to Laura just read the entirety of New Moon? Am Should I, right? I record audiobooks? Yeah. Really? I mean, if you want. Would you listen to them? No. No? No. I hear you enough. Oh, okay. Yeah. That we are not recording an audiobook, though, though I think we would be better off if we were. Uh, we're back on our bullshit. We're here to, uh, you know, take you through the, the Twilight New Moon by uh, Smire. Smire. We are uh, opening season two with the good old preface, which is something that uh, past Laura and Ryan chose not to do. We didn't give a single ass about the preface. I think it was called a prologue, actually. I don't know if there's a difference. Um, I'm pretty sure Twilight had a prologue. Now, New Moon has a preface. What is the difference? Beats the hell out of me. I don't know. We might as have to, far as I knew, there was no difference. We might have to do some Googling on that. Might have to do some Googling. But we are here to talk to you about the preface of New Moon. A, a soft opening. A gentle dip into the water before the big, unfortunate splash. Oh. I Googled it. Laura's here with the good info. Uh, so... <clears throat> AskDifference.com says that the difference between a preface and a prologue is that a preface is an introduction to the book or other literary work by the author, and a prologue is an opening to a story that establishes the setting and gives background details. But the term preface can also mean any preliminary or introductory statement. So I think what we just read, although it's called a preface, is technically a prologue. But I guess if you want to get nitpicky about it, it could be considered a preface as well. I just don't know why you would start with one and then move to the she other. She don't know what she's doing, right? You're right, she don't. She, she probably went to her thesaurus again. Her thesaurus. Her thesaurus. The preface is not very long. It's about a page and a half long. It shoves us into what I assume to be somewhere near the end of the story. Bella is running through a crowd. Not happily jogging she's like forcefully running through a crowd somewhere very sunny she doesn't mention anyone else she she mentions that alice had said there was a good chance that we would both die here it can be assumed that she was not talking about her and alice she's probably talking about her and edward what is edward doing where is edward i don't know he's here somewhere and he's probably up to some goddamn bullshit because what else is new Ryan and I made the decision to talk about this preface as if we had no idea what was happening. We do, though. Yeah, we we know a lot. You know, as you all know, we've read the books before. We've watched the movies about a thousand times. It's been a while, admittedly. But yeah, we know the basic plot line of this entire book. Mm -hmm. Do I remember the, uh, you know, exact details? details? No, I don't. Those are the things that we will get to uh, uncover together. But yeah, we're going to go about this preface as if we don't know what's going on or 
what absolute nonsense these characters have gotten up to. So the preface doesn't really give much away. It lets you know that there will, in fact, be a conflict in this book. Something to do with some nonsense that they've gotten up to. As always. It doesn't mention Edward, but, I mean, you're left to assume. Yeah, um, Alice is there. You know what would have been kind of funny, though? Hmm. If Bella was running through that crowd and she just tripped and ate shit. Because (laughs) I think Stephanie kind of, like, forgets that Bella is supposed to be, like, fatally clumsy. It's like, you know, when Stephanie wants Bella to be able to do something, Bella can do it. Otherwise, Bella cannot even walk a straight line. Yeah, absolutely. It it really depends on what Steph has going on. Like, so I was supposed to believe, Stephanie, that Bella cannot, like, walk on a trail through the woods, but Bella can run through, like, a crowd of a thousand people and just be cool? Unlikely. I don't buy it, Steph. Un-fucking-likely. But I, I guess that's what it. we're going for. I mean, I think even when Bella was running in Phoenix, does everybody remember that? When she was running on her way to the ballet studio to save her bitch-ass mother? I think even then she was... <laughs> What? I don't know. I just like that you describe Renee as bitch ass. She is a bitch ass. Yeah, you're right. She was on the way to save her bitch ass mother, and I'm pretty sure that she was eating shit. If I if I'm recalling correctly, I don't remember like specifically, but yeah, I got it, it was the vibe. It wasn't like a very uh, graceful run, but I think in this preface, she's doing all right. She's doing all right. Maybe it's the. Uh... Maybe it's the drama of it all. Maybe it's the drama of it all. I would like all of our listeners, all ten of our listeners, to know right now that Scrooge the cat is licking our table. There's no food on it. I guess there might be, like, a crumb here and there. But she's just methodically going from spot to spot on the surface. and Lumps akimbo. So, if you hear any weird noises happening in the background, it's Scrooge. It's Scrooge. There's a wet spot right here. There's another wet spot right here. She is shameless. She's never been fed before in her life, in her defense. One time I was eating some pasta primavera in this very spot, and Scrooge attempted to steal an entire mushroom from the pasta. I think she did it. I think she was successful. She did get it. It was like a crane machine and she, like a claw <laughs> machine, and she she managed to lift the mushroom, and then my hand shot out and, like, grabbed her by the head, and I was like, stop it, and she started yowling, and uh, I think she didn't get to really eat it. She she got, like, a taste of the mushroom on her tongue, and that was as far as she got, and ever since then, she has lurked nearby anytime I sit at this table. She's waiting for another mushroom. She's looking for mushrooms. You know, Laura, you said something very interesting just now that I think that we need to uh, explain to the people. You said the word table. Oh, yeah. Let's let them all know what we got. We have upgraded our setup, and by that I mean we're about five feet from where we used to be, at a table, in chairs, and you know what else? There's fucking curtains. There's curtains. It's only been, like, a year and a half. I have lived here for three years, no kitchen table or chairs or curtains, but we got them now. We got them now. It's all the clout from what we do in the meadow. Uh, yeah. It's not that at just, all. Just in case you thought that maybe we just got classier, we did not. Our friend was giving them away for free. She was moving into a house. We're yeah. still in a dark cave. <laughs> yeah. But we got free shit, so we upgraded our uh, our setup a little bit. We can now talk shit on Smire 
at a table. And we're not sitting right next to each other, which is kind of nice. Which is nice. My feet smell really bad right now. I don't know if you can smell them from across the table, but I know damn well you'd be able to smell them if you were next to me. I think the scent of Scroob's poop just kind of overpowers all else. You know what? Honestly, I think you might be better off. Because hmm. these feet, ranky-danky. I believe you. Absolutely. I believe you. All right, let's get to it, shall we? Yeah, what else can we say about this uh, this here preface? Not much. Not much. Not much occurs. Like I said, it's like a page and a half long. Bella's yeah. busting ass. There's some sort of drama. She's running, not for her own life, because she does point out that her own life does not make much difference to her right now. We do got to unpack that. Absolutely. Uh, that is the one thing that I read in this preface that I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, here we go. Here we fucking go. It's begun again. We're back on our bullshit. We're back Bella's on bullshit. back on her bullshit. Bella's back on her bullshit. Smyers, Smyers back, back on, on her, her bullshit. bullshit. Scroobs is back on her bullshit. We're all back on, the bullshit. back on her bullshit. We're all back. We're all back. But yeah, um, I mean, that, Laura, classic Bella. She's not running for her own life. She's running from for something that is much more precious, I think she says. Yeah. So we can all assume she's talking about Edward. Yeah, she doesn't specifically say it's Edward, but we all know. Who the fuck else is it going to be? She doesn't care about her parents, her friends, Rosalie. Herself. Herself. God. Anyone. No, like, it's got to be Edward. Yeah. All I want to say about that is that this is so fucking toxic, unhealthy, not a great outlook to have. Listen, it's romantic and all, if you're into that. But it's not a way to live. It's not a way to live. I, You know, I came into New Moon not with high expectations, but with at least a hope that maybe Stephanie had learned a thing or two and that Bella and Edward wouldn't be quite so... As they are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I, right from the preface, because of that, you can tell that they are still as we know them to be. I do want to say that I think Stephanie, with this, just from like some context, because, you know, I do not know anything of the new moons. Mm-hmm. But I think Stephanie, with this, is really trying to push the whole, like, Romeo and Juliet thing. Like, she's going for a Romeo and Juliet thing with Edward and Bella, like, you can just tell from the start, like, you know when books have a quote before they begin? Yes. I, I don't know if that has a name. But you all know what I'm talking about. If you've ever read a book, sometimes you open them up, there's a quote in the beginning. Before you even read any of the words. To give you a little, uh, taste of what is to come. Okay. Well, you know, this one is from Romeo and Juliet. It says, these violent delights have violent ends, and in their triumph die like fire and powder, which, as they kiss, consume. It's kind of funny that you are comparing Stephanie's intentions with this book to Romeo and Juliet. Well, that's what she was going for, I think. Yeah, I think it's funny, though, because, like, knowing what we know about the Twilight series and and the basic plot points therein, Nothing bad happens to these fucking people ever. No. Like, nobody dies. Nobody's even really ever in that much serious danger of dying. You get, like, the occasional, like, oh, our lives are about to come to an end moment. But you know as a reader that it's not going to happen because, like, there's three more books. It's just so funny because Romeo and Juliet is a tragedy. Like, it ends in tragedy. Straight up, it ends in tragedy. 
The only tragic thing about the Twilight series is that nothing tragic actually ever happens in it. The only tragic thing about the Twilight series is that it was written. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's definitely what she was going for with this. She was definitely going for, like, a tragic love story vibe with this. I don't, I I, mean... I agree. I just think she did it in a really bad way. I don't know why she did or what her motivations were. Like, who the fuck sets out to write a tragic romance, but the ending has everybody get exactly what they want with, like, no effort. Smire. Yeah. Smire. All right. Classic Smire. Classic. But these are the things that we know going forth, just from kind of opening the book. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You get a, you get your little Romeo and Juliet clip. Shout out to Shakespeare. You get your preface, in which Bella's hauling ass for Edward. Yep. As she often is. And that's it. That's what you're left with. We have this uh, busted-ass oh. fucking description on the back. Scrooge is on her way back. Scrooge is coming back. She's got to lick some more. Got to lick some more table. But uh, that's that's where it leaves us. The back of the book says, Legions of readers are hungry for more. <laughs> Give in to temptation. And you know what? We are doing exactly that. I wouldn't say we're hungry for more, but we are giving in. We are giving in. So I pulled up an actual description of this book because I thought maybe we might want that considering that neither the back of this book nor the preface give us any real indication of the plot. It doesn't, yeah. For Bella Swan, there is one thing more important than life itself, Edward Cullen. But being in love with a vampire is even more dangerous than Bella could ever have imagined. Edward has already rescued Bella from the clutches of one evil vampire, but now... As their daring relationship threatens all that is near and dear to them, they realize their troubles may be just beginning. That's the summary off of Goodreads. And uh, I gotta say, pretty decent job there. Can't complain. Gives you a good little overview. Again, there's that toxic fucking he's more important than life itself shit. So redonkulous. Listen up, y'all. If you're dating somebody... And you think that their life is the only thing that matters in this world? You need to go to fucking therapy. You need to go to straight up therapy and set some proper physical, mental, and emotional boundaries for yourself. Yeah. You need to find a hobby that does not involve them. You need to start fucking taking care of succulents or something. Bitches from Arizona, where's your cactus? Get a lizard. Get a fucking lizard. Get two. She loves cold, hard things. Not that lizards are hard. But they're they're cold blooded. Get a snake. She might like a lizard or a snake. I'm just saying lizards and snakes because I personally own one snake and two lizards. She does. And that's how my life is going. <laughs> and that's what's been going on in the meadow. Yeah. Um I would say that's called untreated ADHD, but it's it's not untreated anymore. It's just it's just ADHD. Just just regular plain old ADHD these days. And what more can we say about this preface, Laura? Anything? I got nothing. I got nothing, too. It wasn't... It's just... It is what it is. It's it's more toxic bullshit. It's more melodrama. Does it make me really look forward to what's to come? No. I'll tell you what, though. I do have some hopes and dreams for this book. Do you? Um, Of course I do. Do I think that these hopes and dreams will be fulfilled? No. No, absolutely not. It's Smire. But do I have hopes and dreams? Yes, I do. I do have some hopes and dreams. Do you want to share them with me? Absolutely. Well, you know what? I just kind of want to see more of Bella 
interacting with people who are not, well, I was going to say people who are not Cullens, but mainly just somebody who's not Edward. I would love to see how Bella's relationships have progressed with, like, her friends from school, like, you know, like Mike. And I would love to see Jessica, obviously. She's an icon. I want to see more of Lauren. I hope she hasn't, like, fizzled out and disappeared. Like, I hope Smyre didn't forget about her. Yeah, I, I want to see Lauren, too. Who I wouldn't? hope Lauren turns into a really big, bad bitch. Oh, Lauren's been a big, bad bitch. I hope Lauren joins the Volturi. The what? The Volturi. The what? Oh, sorry. We don't know who they are. What is a vulture? We did hear about them in the first book. We did. Oh, we did! We did, so we do know who they oh, are. Oh, we do know who the Volturi are. Well, maybe she did. Maybe she did. Wouldn't that fuck Bella off more than anything if she rolled up to school and Lauren was a vampire? <laughs> oh, oh my god, god, she'd be so mad. She'd oh be my like god. a Guillermo from what we she do in the shadows. She Oh my god. And you know who would have done it? Rosalie, to piss Just off to Bella. Just to piss off Bella. Yes. Oh my god, that's the book that I would read. Absolutely. Ugh. Well... So your your hopes and dreams similar to my hopes and dreams. Uh, I would love more Cullen action, not oh Edward Cullen action, but like Rosalie Cullen action. Emmett, mainly just them. Rosalie Emmett. Uh, I would I would accept Alice and Jasper. I would even accept Carlisle and Esme, as long as Edward's not really there. It's yeah. fine. That's fair. Uh, I really. I have dreams that we'll get some good Jacob content. I have fears that we will get Jacob content, but it's not going to be good. Yeah, I want to see Jacob before he becomes an asshole. I don't know exactly when that transition begins. Yeah, I'm hoping it holds off until the end of this book. We know it's coming. I we think, know it's coming. Yeah, I don't know. I think for part of this book, at least, he'll probably still be sweet Jacob. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that at least. But also, you know, this is a really long book. This book is... It's like... Close to 600 yeah, pages. Yeah, it's like uh, I think it's like 563. Tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it's 563. You're right. It's 563, everybody. So, what could possibly... I'm like, what could be in this 563 pages? You know, in Twilight, there was so much just bullshit about Bella going to school, going to biology class, going home, cooking dinner for her and Charlie... But now that she's dating Edward, I'm like, presumably she's going to be spending all her time with him. So what are we going to have to read about? What are they going to be doing? Because I don't know how much, um, and you guys know I like the Meadow chapter from, from last book, but I don't know how much Meadow chapter-esque nonsense I can really take yeah. in large quantities. I mean, once it was okay. It was... A terrible time and a fantastic time one time. I don't know how much, Speak like, for yourself. weird rubbing on each other. But not even, like, below the waist. Yeah. Not that I want to read about that either, but, like... Do you like, think that they're still going to be doing that fucked up, like, training shit where he's trying to, like, yes, sniff her I and do. see how long he can do it without getting a boner or whatever? I do. I think they'll be doing that for forever. pretty much the rest of their lives. Oh, my God. Even after they've, like... Wank, wank, broken the seal. <laughs> I think they'll still be doing that because yeah. of Edward's it's guilt like, complex. It's like their foreplay now. Yeah, it's their foreplay, but neither of them enjoy it. No. Anything else you want to talk about? Well, you know what? We do need to tell them what we've been up to while we've been away. Oh, nothing. Well, 
Well, yeah, okay, basically we were up to nothing. We were gone for way longer than I think we ever intended to be (laughs) for two reasons. First reason being um, that as far as, like, human beings go, we're functionally useless. (laughs) We're, like, the worst. We're lazy pieces of shit. We're lazy, and uh, there are more mental illnesses between us than, like, should rightfully be allowed under one household. Then, when we finally kind of, hello, ambiance thunder... It's I don't really know if you guys can hear the mood it, here. but it's really setting the depressing Schmeyer mood. Um, beyond being functionally fucking useless, when we finally got our shit together and we tried to record, we came to find what we thought was that our wonderful Blue Yeti microphone had shat the bed and had That's what you killed thought. itself. I didn't think I that. was holding on to hope. I went and bought a whole new microphone, and this microphone that I bought was like the fifth one that we have gone through mm-hmm. since entering the meadow. That's kind of what made me think it wasn't the microphone. Listen, I held on to hope. It turned out I finally accepted it after this brand new microphone also didn't work that my laptop had had come to it had come to a close. My dinosaur finally kind of stopped being acceptably useful. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it was pretty useless, but I could live with it. Yeah. For the most part, but once I stopped being able to record for the meadow, it was all up. So, so anyway, then I had to get a new laptop. Yeah. Had to wait for that to come. Then, you know, we did record this episode and come to find out something went wrong and we recorded it with the laptop microphone. So that sucked. And you know, we were going to let it slide because you don't come here for quality. You come here for the the complete lack of quality that it, it lacks so much that it becomes harmonious. Yeah. Okay. But uh, it was like unlivably bad. Like every time we knocked the table or the cats knocked the table, there was like a horrendous thumping noise mm-hmm. that honestly I think could have killed someone. So we're here again about yeah. two days before we are posting this. Yeah. In true Meadow fashion. Beyond that, though, we did do something exciting, which if you follow us on Twitter, which if you don't, which most of you don't, why the fuck don't you? If you follow us on Twitter, you know that we did a collaboration with a podcast called The Tipsy Exchange. Yeah, it was we, fun. It was a lot of fun. We worked with them on an episode that they did on online gaming. We got together with them for about like an hour and we played some Among Us. Which was cool. It was way more fun than I thought it would be. The game, not talking to the Tipsy Exchange. Right, because the Tipsy Exchange, they're pretty cool. Yeah. But, the, yeah, the game was fun. We played, I think, like, three or four games. Yeah, and, um, I would have done more. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, we would have done more, but, you know, we ran out of Zoom time. We all know what that's like. Um, I kicked ass. Yeah. By the by. You can go um, listen to their episode on their podcast. It's I think it's literally called Online Gaming. Uh, to hear more about that. And if you listen to more of their episodes and come to find that you like their podcast, there's, on their Patreon, they posted, like, the whole recording of us all playing together. Yeah. So you could watch me kick ass, basically. Yeah, I didn't get to be the imposter any of the times we I, played. You didn't? No, I never got to be. Oh. I ended up getting killed, like, every time. I got to be the imposter twice. Yep. And I kicked butt, everybody. Kick butt. Wipe those fuckers out. Pew pew. I would love to say that Ryan is, like, exaggerating, but he's not. I really did. I did kick ass. 
So yeah, you can check that out. Their podcast is pretty cool. They do not talk about Twilight, so it's better than our podcast. No, they talk about a lot of things. This, that, and the other thing. If you like nerdy shit, you would like the Tipsy Exchange. They, they talk about, like, sci-fi shit. They talk um, serial killers. They've done a couple episodes on the Marvel Universe. Oh. Give them a listen. Give them a listen. They do this, that, the other thing. They're pretty cool. And that's the, uh, you know, the Metopod stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. You can listen to the uh, the Tipsy Exchange. But that is pretty much all that we got up to, honestly. Um, I think that we thought that we were going to get up to a lot more. We do have something coming pretty soon. It's maybe not the most exciting announcement, but it is an announcement. Yeah. So, uh, you know, keep an ear out for that. You can, uh, you know, if you want the the real-time live updates, at Meadow Podcast on Twitter. We are there way more than we are recording. I'm always watching. Yeah. If you tweet us, there's a good chance I'm going to see it the moment you hit send tweet. I will be there. Screaming at Laura from across the house. We got a tweet! Yeah, and Every I'll time. probably get it too. Laura finally got the Twitter on her phone. So follow us on the Twitter, at Meadow Podcast. We're there, we're square. We're here, we're queer. It's Pride Month. We're full of fear. And that's it. That's all we got today. Fuck this preface and fuck this podcast. I'm out. Mic drop. <laughs>